everybody, Char here, and welcome to the Blonde and Strong podcast. This is a podcast of strength and empowerment with each episode dedicated to helping our listeners improve their health, well-being, to learn, grow, and unlock their strength from the inside out. I felt called to create this podcast to give a platform to inspirational guests to share their knowledge, experience, strength, and hope in order to empower others, to prove it's possible not only to survive, but to thrive. This is done through open, honest, and filtered conversations, a safe space for people to be raw and powerful through their vulnerability without shame or judgment. No topic is off limits as long as it has the intention of empowering our listeners. Our growth is our own responsibility and no one can do the work for us, but I truly believe that we're stronger together. So sit back and relax. We're about to dive in deep. Come dive in deep with us. So on this episode, we have the beautiful Regina Leeds, the Zen organizer, New York Times bestselling author uh, of One Year to an Organized Life, although she has written 10 books, not just one of them. Um, Regina, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I know you're joining us from sunny California. I'm not jealous at all. As I sit here in the pitch dark, um, our clocks went back last night. So um, we're actually an hour closer together for a very short period of time. So that's kind of nice. Um, but we yeah. change our clocks next weekend. Yeah, it's so Fall funny down. that, isn't it? That they change at different times across the world. Yeah. So sometimes- Somebody should organize that better. Somebody <laughs> should just do away with it. You know, it's- I'm, I love light. I'm a creature of light. And so this time of year is hard for me. I just, you know, at 4.30, it starts to get dark. And at five o'clock, it's all over. And it's like, I like it when it's light until eight o'clock at night. That's, I feel like you can get more done. It's, it's interesting how light is so psychological. If, if it's six o'clock and it's light, I think, oh yeah, I could just walk to Trader Joe's and do some grocery shopping now, or, oh, I could do this, I could do that because it's light. And once it gets dark, it's like, well, it's dark now. Time no, I know, I completely get that. I am, I'm a creature of the light as well. And I much prefer the summer months. It's, you really gotta, you really gotta work on your mind and find ways that that darkness works for you. Otherwise you'll be depressed all the time. Absolutely. It, and it, it can be a real struggle and it takes a real adjustment period. Um, and we're just heading into that, that time now, like um, by five o'clock here, it was pitch black already. So, you know, but I think there's something, I think if you can embrace it and accept it, and get snuggled down, get those autumn feels, you know, like yeah. the winter feels, get your big sweaters out, like get your fluffy socks out. I've got a big fluffy onesie that thing's making an appearance soon. You know, I think if you can <laughs> embrace it and get your cozy on, then it's not so bad. I think everything in life is, this is so cliche, but it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to it. And I've had things happen to me that were I'm not Pollyanna. I've had huge challenges. And I really believe in, from the depths of my being that in the worst experience in the world, somewhere in there, there is a gift waiting for you. And it's up to you to find it. And uh, 
uh, I, I believe that so strongly that now if something unexpected and bad happens, I mean, a year ago, November 10th, who's counting? Uh, <laughs> I was in Dallas and I remember so clearly, I woke up in the morning and I was on fire. I was so proud of myself. I was there for two weeks. I was organizing two 10,000 square foot homes and I was doing it myself. I didn't bring in an assistant and I felt strong and healthy and with it, I was so excited and I love both sets of clients. And I had a freak accident while organizing and I broke my arm. And so I woke up in the morning strong and healthy. And that night I broke my right shoulder, my right elbow and my left wrist in a freak fall. And I didn't break it on when I fell. I thought, oh my goodness. My dogs were put in the kitchen and I just looked down and the smallest one is at my feet. You know, when you're six pounds, you can go anywhere. But um, I got, I got uh, the, the step stool flew out from under me and ejected me back into the wall. So I went bang into the wall. And you know, when you hit your shoulder, then your elbow follows. And that night, there I am in the hospital with two um, splints on. I can't get up and go to the bathroom. I can't feed myself. I can't brush my teeth. And it was such a, a juxtaposition of opposites in one day. And uh, I'm totally healed now. I mean, it takes about it takes about four or five months and I had fabulous physical therapists, blah, blah, blah. But, but even then I automatically looked for um, what is the gift in this? And uh, I had, I'm not going to repeat it because it sounds too precious, but I had an amazing spiritual experience in the hospital that was worth uh, whatever I had to go through. It was just, it was, you know, we say, we say, we say words a lot. We say, okay, I'm so in a body having an earthly experience. And, um, and I just experienced my soul and saw it. Well, I'm sharing it now, aren't I? And then a nurse came in and I just saw her soul shining out of her eyes. And I thought, Oh, it was the visceral experience of those words. And I realized that I was whole and complete, even if my arms were in splints. And um, uh, God, I, I didn't mean to tell that story. It's so personal, but it's okay. If it helps somebody, then um, I, get, I get a lot of angry responses uh, anytime I've ever shared my belief that within the worst experience, there's a gift. Uh, and so all I would say to people is, if you don't believe that, you don't believe that, it's okay. I, I'm not a, a minister, I'm not here to pound that into you. That's my reality and it makes my path through life easier. And it, um, it absents me from being a victim. Because uh, I remember um, I was raised Catholic and then I spent maybe a decade in religious science and then I found yoga and my guru. But in religious science, I remember our minister one day saying, there are no victims, only volunteers. And Amen. that, that um, when you accept that you're not a victim, that you have volunteered, I mean, you know, as an adult, uh, it, it, you know, we are in control of so much, which is what 
Zen organizing is about you. I believe also that you were born for a purpose and everybody has a purpose and it's something that only they can do. Nobody else can do it. You don't have to be a surgeon. You don't have to be a great philosopher. You might be a parking lot attendant. It's that's your place to take care of and do it to the best of your ability. And if your home is an oasis of peace and calm, it will literally nurture you and help you fulfill your life purpose, which makes getting organized far more meaningful than, you know, oh, well, next Saturday I have to get organized. So I'm going to spend the day. I don't really want to do it, but I should. You know, it just, it elevates the whole experience. It makes it part and parcel of, it makes it almost a spiritual practice. I, I can tell you how to turn organizing into a mindful practice. So. Um, Amazing. Well, first of all, you yes. know, I'm sorry that you've, ever shared any of your beliefs like that and anyone's come at you with negativity because um, what you were talking about as far as you know being able to see the gift in even those darkest moments like that's that's um, something that I share and is a common thread throughout all of my podcasts every guest I've ever had on says the same thing so oh. you found your tribe you're part of my <laughs> I have, I literally have chills. I have so many sweaters on, you can't tell, but that gives me chills that I would be speaking to an audience that accepted me rather than one that went, what the hell is she? I mean, people get angry. They well, get thank you. angry. And again, I believe that those, like you said, if someone doesn't believe that, that's okay too. Like everyone has their own belief system. Everyone has their own experience and their own journey through life and whatever they believe, like I'm really tolerant and open and accepting of anyone believing what they want, you know, like, because I get to believe what I want and they don't get to tell me. So I'm not going to tell them all I can do is share my experience. They either like it. They don't, they are with me. They're not, they're my tribe or they're not. I still love right. them. I still accept them. I still have compassion and warmth and, and kindness for them. It doesn't really matter, but it's really interesting that you should say that because I've one of my last podcast guests, I've been like editing through the podcast just before we started speaking. And that was his whole, that was his whole entire message. You know, he's living with stage four bowel cancer and he's not even 40 years old yet. Oh, you know? oh. and he was diagnosed just under two years ago. And he spent almost that entire time raising awareness and fundraising for other people and just trying to find the good in a really dark situation. So, but I believe that it's the, this has been my experience is that the people who live with that kind of mindset are the ones that live the fullest, happiest lives because I can't, I, I mean, for me personally, there are some people who go through absolutely horrific things. And, and there's part of me that's like, you have every right to feel victimized and hurt and upset and angry and all of those things. But if you choose to live in that for the duration, all it's gonna do is drain you and make you angry and 
it will have a negative impact on everything else then that comes into your life. That's just, I can't live that way. It's draining and tiring and it makes me not a very nice person. So I don't choose to live like that. I choose very much like you do. When something bad happens, I allow myself to have the initial feelings. And then my first go-to after that is, what can I learn from this? What positive can come from this? Like what gift is the universe giving me right now? Like, but again, I'm saying that, but then I grew up around, you know, you and yoga and spirituality, my parents. I mean, that was just kind of how I was growing up. So there's probably an element of that to go along with it. Um, and, but that has worked for me and that's gotten me through my dark times, the way it's gotten you through your dark times. The reason I've got you on today, Regina, is because you are the absolute expert on all things organizing so organizing your life but I think it goes you know it's such a big fad right now I've just spent like I know we're all kind of still locked down and life is all still a little bit crazy but Netflix is literally riddled and full of organizing programs which of course I'm addicted to and I can't stop watching but when I watch them all I think about is you because everything that they're doing I was like I knew all that anyway like because that's how I was taught to organize stuff when I was a kid (laughs) and there's so much to be said about that concept of being organized um, in your life and your inside reflecting your outside outside environment your outside environment reflecting your inside environment and I think especially in these crazy uncertain times where everybody is feeling unsettled on the inside and we can't even go outside, how important is it that our environments, our homes, the places that are our sanctuary, how important is it for that to be organized and feeding and nourishing us at this point? Absolutely. And to approach the task as uh, something loving that you're doing for yourself, that getting organized is an act of self-love, not some horrible thing that your parents, your spouse, your children, or Netflix expects of you, that uh, you could draw a warm bath, you could go for a walk in nature, you could have a glass of wine, you could do all those things to make yourself feel good, or you could have a really powerful organizing session because, um, you know, organizing, if you're doing it consciously, um, the, the gestalt there is to confront the things that no longer, you no longer need, want, or will use. They don't serve you. And in so many cases, I get really excited because I go into somebody's home and all this, let's say we start in the closet. So all this clothing is coming out that isn't worn. It's, it's I call it fake prosperity. Ooh, look how good I'm doing. Look at all the clothes in my closet. I don't wear them, but I must be good because I have all these clothes. It's an unconscious thing people have. Women more than men. I mean, I've met two men in 32 years who have more clothes than any woman I've ever met, but that they were the anomalies. And um, when I take those items and I take them to a charity, 
I get excited because those things that were languishing in a closet now have a chance to have a whole new life with somebody else. And I think that everything should be used, not just sit around as a relic. And they should not be frozen in time. You can switch things out and always keep everything fluid. You know, my mother was very organized. That's where I learned it. But there were two ways that we were different. My mother said, once you find the perfect place for something, never move it. And I used to think, never move it. That means you, there's some aspect of you that's frozen. And I don't believe that we should ever be frozen. Life is always changing and we need to go with it. And uh, the other thing was my mother never organized a closet or a drawer because nobody saw it. Her home was perfect so that when you came over, you would be impressed by her level of organization. And I used to say to her, mom, you see this. Don't you want this organized for you? So those are the two ways we're different. And um, the number of people who laugh at me, by the way, because yes. my wardrobe, so like my closet and my drawers, and I think I have you to thank for this, but my closet and my drawers are organized in like, so when you open the doors on my closet, everything is in color order. Yes. From like black right the way down, you know, so like it's all in color order. And then within the colors, it's ordered with like the category of clothing that it is. And then in my drawers, they've got like dividers so that I can have like my dividers and then when it's like drawers that go up at the moment my drawers are a little bit different they're like under bed storage type things so I can't exactly do my bottom up approach but like all of my tra like trousers bottoms everything goes in the bottom drawer then my tops then my you know so it's like it goes in order of how I would put my clothes on like on my yeah. body so like everything is literally organized to the maximum but that's like I find it so much more um like it just makes my life so much easier and relaxing and I just if I want something I can put my hand on it I'm not stressing myself out I open my closet I can see exactly what I've got like, and like you said, if I haven't worn it for, I give myself two years and if I haven't worn it in two years, I get rid of it. I have a lot of clothes, but I actually wear all of them. Mm -hmm. Nothing doesn't get worn. So, but yeah, I have everything and it's color order folded up like in a particular way. But, and I just find that so much easier. People laugh at me though. They're like, what? is going on in there. They think it's like an OCD thing, but it's not. It's not. Don't you stop. They're just jealous. <laughs> or, you know, most people, the vast majority of people are not organized because they didn't grow up with an organized parent and it's a skill. So if you're, if you can't swim because neither one of your parents swam and they didn't get you lessons, how would you know how to swim? And yet we think everybody should automatically know how to get organized. And if your parents didn't teach you, then you, you didn't grow up with that and you don't know what it looks like. Well, what you're describing is what it looks like. And it's meant to calm you and serve you. I mean, you know, I say to people, 
when I come home at night, I hang my keys on my on the lock of my door because once I sailed out. See, this is how you learn things. Once years ago, before I was an organizer, I sailed out of my house and I went, "Oh my God, I don't have my keys." Never happened again because one place that's where they always go, and um, it doesn't take any more energy or thought for me to hang them on the lock than it would for me to just fling them into the space, which is what most people do. And I say, I avoid the, oh my God, where are my keys drama, which, you know, I like to describe as the most popular soap opera in America, where are my keys? Where's the remote? Where are my glasses? And if you just designate a spot yeah. and put things, my mother said to me a thousand, my mother was, didn't mean to be funny, but my mother was hilarious. So she would walk up to me, I'd be at the dining room table doing my homework and she would say, what's this? And I would think to myself, oh God, here we go. And it would be an empty glass and I, as, as an example. And I would say, um, it's a glass. And she'd say, oh, where does it belong? And I'd say, in the kitchen. And she'd say, well, then please put it in the kitchen. Everything has a home and it must be in that home so that the next time you need it or want it, you will know how to find it. And I used to think as a kid, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, I know, what's the big deal? Well, it's the crux of the matter. Everything needs a home and it has to return to that home. You know, it would be like knowing you live on the street but not paying attention to what your address was and just walking into a, somebody's house and saying, well, I'm on the right street. I mean, I live around here somewhere. Is it okay if I just sit on your couch? It's, that's the funniest example I've ever come up with. I love that. Um, Maybe you can tell my daughter because uh, my parents were not organized, either one of them, which I know you're highly aware of. Um, I believe that I got all of my organization. I mean, I think I'm just maybe naturally quite an organized person. I like that order and organization, it gives me a sense of kind of peace and serenity and security. Um, yes. um, but I think I learned all of my organizing like techniques and skills and tools probably from you. And um, I very similarly to you, I put my keys back in the same exact place every night. When I go out, they go into the same pocket in my bag as well so that I'm not searching in the bottom of my purse, like my trying yes. to find my keys um like but it's like that with ev i do that with everything like whatever i use it goes back in the same place and i've spent my daughter's entire childhood telling her exactly what your mother told you and i know she hated me every time i said <laughs> every time i said it used to drive her crazy but i also know that she does do that like to a certain extent she does follow that so that she doesn't lose stuff. So it's kind of, maybe I've managed to like teach her a little bit of something. Um, it's really funny because I just moved house recently. Um, and I, when I was moving in, my friend was like, I'd managed to move everything in and unpack and have everything away and my entire bedroom like set out, laid out with everything hung up in its order and whatever in like, I think about four hours. And she came in and she was like, oh my God. She was like, I've never seen anything like it. She's like, I've never seen anyone move like so organized. Everything went in exactly how I wanted it to come out. 
and like everything was hung in a very particular way with like in sections so that it would go <laughs> and Ara she was watching me going like what it's everything was labeled I remember moving house and you putting labels on everything like so every time I move now like my boxes everything is labeled as to like what room it's going into and it's all packaged in a very particular way but I, it literally changes your life like it makes life so much easier so what I want um can you just tell people from you know with what you you've been doing this now for over 30 years like this is your career you've been organizer to the stars you've written books um I mean, you've taught me everything I know about organizing. And what, if you could tell people what you believe is so important, like what is Zen organizing and why is it so important to people? What does that mean to be organized? Without it sound, like think people confuse it with being like an OCD thing, like a negative thing or something they're being forced to do. Why is it so important for people to take ownership of that in their life? You know, we have a finite amount of time. We have a finite amount of energy. And I believe that we come here with a purpose. There's something that there's a task I was given to do, something I need to contribute to the world, things I need to learn that are unique to me. And nobody else has these tasks. So I can squander my time and my energy looking for my keys, wishing I paid my bills on time, uh, just wondering, uh, waking up at a certain age, whatever, you know, everybody's uh, wake up age is different. Waking up at that age and saying, oh, what happened to my life? I, gee, I always wanted to write that great American novel and I never did. Um, or you can be powerful and you can be in charge of what you do, when you do it, and how you do it. It doesn't guarantee that you will be successful in the eyes of the world. I'm not saying if you organize your home office, you will write the great American novel. I don't know if somebody is gifted or not, but I know that you will have an environment that loves you, nurtures you, and supports you in that quest to do your best. And one thing I had to learn in life, because I was raised by parents that only 100 on a test was good enough. And that's a lot of pressure. And you hear, do your best. It doesn't have to be 100. As I mean, I heard that as an adult. And I didn't know, I needed to experience that. And for me, I studied the martial arts. And I was terrible. <laughs> I was so terrible. I was the only woman in class and I was in class with a group of the most loving, wonderful men. And every week they would say to me, Regina, why do you come back? You're terrible. And I said, you don't understand. I know I'm terrible. I know that I will, if I live, if I live here, I will never be as good as any of you. I'm trying to find out how good I can get. And I say that because when you're going to get organized, you do it to the best of your ability. It doesn't mean you're going to become me. So that's the other thing. I mean, we have to, we have to be realistic. So 
what do I want to accomplish in life? Where am I headed? You know, uh, I, I made an analogy in my, in the first book I ever wrote that the trajectory of autumn leaves to the ground is beautiful, isn't it? Those golds and, and the colors are so gorgeous and the leaves fall off and they walk to the ground, but it's a meaningless journey. You don't wanna be like that beautiful leaf just falling to the ground. You want to direct your life. And uh, sometimes things will happen, like when I broke my arm and you, you're gonna say, well, I'm not, uh, there's a little detour here, but there's, you know, there's a gift in the detour. It's, I'm not Pollyanna. It's not like I wake up every day and life is easy and, and I just don't know what to do with myself. I'm so giddy. It just means that I have tools. One of the things that Zen organizing is about, I teach people, you have tools. And, and my analogy for that is in the 1940s, I wasn't, I wasn't on the planet in the 30s and 40s, but I think that that was when doctors used to come to the house and they would have their doctor's bag and they would open up the doctor's bag and somehow miraculously, unless you had to go to the hospital, everything that they needed was in that bag. Well, when you sit down and you think, I can't, I can't get organized today. I can't, I don't feel like paying my bills. I don't, whatever it is, you can open up your imaginary Zen organizer bag and you can pull out a tool that will help you. It might be, oh, I need some aromatherapy. It might be, you know, I never hear any organizer talk about how to prepare for an organizing project. They, uh, it's just, and now we're going to organize your whole bedroom. And there's no thought given to I'm living in a body, I need to prepare my body. I need to uh, have a good meal, a good meal before I start so my brain is fed because the engine that runs the organizing train are decisions mm. and um, they're exhausting. At the end of the day, my clients are way more exhausted. I'm doing the physical work and they have to say yes, no, maybe let me see. And I say to them, at the end of the day, you're gonna feel beaten up. <laughs> and I won't be as tired as you are. So um, what have you eaten? Do you have healthy snacks available? Do you have water, nice fresh water that you can drink because that's the best thing for your body? Have you, have you exercised? And I, I, I'm not talking about um, you are so gifted and amazing in the gym. I could never do what you do. I'm not saying you have to do yoga postures and become the greatest yogi in the world. For goodness sake, walk for 10 minutes, just just to get, you know, you don't want stagnation of energy. Uh, stagnation of energy happens in piles. Piles are unmade decisions stacking up. Uh, stagnation of energy in the body is where disease starts. So, you know, prep, prep this body for this activity that you're going to ask of it and know that you're doing it for a purpose, a bigger purpose. You want your life to be better and you want to come home at night and just feel, oh, I am in my home. I'm in my, in, of all the places on the planet, this one belongs to me. It can look any way that I like. And I choose to make it loving and nurturing and supportive. And that's what Zen, or, Zen organizing is about achieving your life purpose and, and doing it with the support of your environment. 
because if you're living in chaos, it's then you're not giving over your life to what you were born to do. You're giving over your life to these extraneous dramas. And then we lull ourselves into thinking, oh, but I'm, I'm so busy. Busy doesn't mean productive. And which leads me to say, I really hate multitasking. You cannot do two or three tasks at one time and give them your focus and the depth of your understanding and do them to the best of your ability. You know, there's a, an image of the, of the mom, she's holding the baby in her arm and she's stirring a pot on the stove. Well, first of all, that's so incredibly dangerous. <laughs> but um, the way to do multitasking is to, let's, so where was I going the other day? I was going to the dentist, I think, and uh, she's usually running behind. So I have my phone with me and I have the Kindle app. So on my phone, I'm carrying maybe 50 books with me. So I don't have to sit in the waiting room and just wonder, oh boy, what in 20 minutes, huh? Well, it's wasted time. I can be doing something that I enjoy, but in the home, and it's also part and parcel of, I'm a meditator. And I spent my years practicing being focused on one thing. So the idea, it's just, it doesn't make you more productive. It just makes you busier and busier fragments you. So that's, that's a very, I think that's a Western American thing. I gotta be busy. I gotta be in motion all the time. It makes me feel important. It's like a drug. Yeah, I and, think there's a lot to be, um, I mean, I've heard a couple of, different things in my studies around things like that with management and multitasking. And the reality of it is that it's actually, multitasking is an actual, um, it's a, it's it's fake news for a start. Like you can't actually multitask. You can't do two things at once. You can actually only do one thing at a time but your brain can switch very quickly between one task and another women are better at the, that than men but only because there there's a part of their brain that's slightly um larger in that the corpus that, callosum yeah that controls that so they can switch back and forth between different tasks that are also logical and feeling based so women can like switch back and forth between that and carry out tasks uh, a little bit like quicker back and forth, but you can't actually do two things at once. And I remember um, have being uh, given an exercise to do a, a multitasking exercise to do where you had to set an alarm for five minutes and you had to focus all of your attention and energy onto one task for five minutes. And when the alarm went off, you had to put it down exactly as it was and then move on to the next task and give that your full focus and attention for five minutes until the alarm went off and then you went on to the next task. It's like a basic exercise for teaching um, managers how to be able to handle the onslaught of a bunch of different things going on and having so many different tasks and deadlines and people and things to manage. Because otherwise, like you said, it's this absolute chaos and people are just like in this weird busy state. Um, I think the flip side of that, like you were saying that Western idea of just being busy, 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 like you have to grind and push and da, da, da. In my experience, I think there is an element of 
yes, it's good to be able to like be hardworking and do what needs oh, to sure. be done. However, I think people who um, make themselves chronically busy are usually just trying to avoid dealing with other things. So um, I've had to learn that the hard way because burnout's a real thing. And, you know, like it, it doesn't actually fix anything working that hard. <laughs> like sometimes, no. like, so now I, I have a way more balanced approach to it. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Like multitasking is a big thumbs down for me. It's, you know, pick a task, do it to the best of your ability, move on to the next one, give yourself a time limit of how long you want to do it for if you if you really want to, um, and then move on to the next thing so that you're not getting completely engrossed in one thing for way too long, if, if that's what you want. But yeah, and it's it, uh, these things can also be uh, a mindfulness practice, because where do we, I mean, organizing is the perfect place to practice mindfulness. Mindfulness in the sense of where do we spend most of our time? We're in the past, remembering some slight from some ex-partner or our parents or uh, a friend, you know, and we, really, we grind on that. So I'm here in the present and I'm paying my bills, but what I'm really thinking about is what happened when I was in the first grade. Or we, we, we future trip and, you know, I'm, I'm paying my bills, but man, you know, in two weeks when I go off to ski in St. Moritz, well, that's going to be the best. And then we, we lose our lives because life is in the present moment. And um, if you're, if you make a commitment to focus on the present moment, the task at hand, when you're organizing, it's going to be easier. So um, you can't stop and say, Oh, this, uh, this blouse, I bought this when I was 18. I was in Europe for the first time with my father. It was the only trip. I mean, you know, it's very sweet. Some people want to tell me the story of every single item. And I have to say to them, I want to hear all these stories. But after we organize, you can tell me these stories over coffee because if you tell me a long story for every single item mm -hmm. at the end of four or five hours we won't be done and then you'll be angry with me that we're not done and you've spent a nice chunk of change so um uh organizing is the perfect place to practice mind control if i pick up this bottle and this bottle holds a deep emotional memory i have a choice i can fall into that memory or I can say, I'm going to put this aside and perhaps there will be, uh, this is the, from that trip I took with my father when I was 18. Okay, there may be other memorabilia from that trip. I'm gonna put them all together. And at the end of this closet organizing session, then I will go back to those. I'll pick the one or two best and I'll let the rest of them go. Nobody is honored by you keeping every single item they ever owned. It's really fun. I heard, um, I think it was Marianne Williamson said that, you know, we are the ones that assign meaning to things. Things mean nothing. We're the ones that assign meaning to them. We're the ones that invest emotion into them. They're still just things. And I actually found that extremely liberating 
and I ended up throwing all kinds of stuff away. I'm quite a sentimental like person. Um, but it made me realize that I, I had attached a lot of meaning to physical material things that meant nothing really because all the memory and emotion was inside me anyway. I didn't need the thing. You know, I, I didn't need the thing. That's very true. I will, I did learn one thing from my therapist because I was, people would say to me, I am afraid to get rid of this item. I'm afraid I will forget the, the experience. And I didn't understand that because like you, I believe the experience was here. And she said to me, it's quite possible that these people suffered a trauma. And yeah. when you have trauma brain, you may forget the experience. And she said, um, so they want to save the item so they'll be triggered and remember the good. But, but now in the age of Pinterest, and digital photography, you can have a secret board that only you can see that yeah. is filled with images of these things that you don't have to have in your home anymore that do have a memory. And then when you want to, you can just sit down with your iPad and scroll through them and go down what memory a, lane. What a great idea. I never even thought of that. So you can literally just take a photo, upload it to your own personal private like Pinterest board and that can be like your little memory board, like your little mood board. Yeah. You don't need to keep the stuff in the house. No, no. And, uh, you know, future. in the history of mankind, no dead person has ever come back to life and said, what do you mean you gave away my wardrobe? It's not, Honestly, it's not, not happening. You don't have to worry about that. They're not going to be angry with you that you gave a dress or a coat uh, uh, away. It's just, it's not happening. And when I started, I think there were three books published. And when you said you were a professional organizer, people looked at you like there was blank. You know, they, they were waiting to hear teacher, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'd say to me, well, what do you do? And I'd say, well, you know, I could come in and organize your closet or or your garage or your bathroom, or I could just do your whole house if you've moved. And then they would look at me incredulously and say, people pay you to do that? And now of course it's, now it's a big thing and everybody, there are certain professions, actor, writer, organizer, I'm sure there are more, but I'm sensitive to those three that people just think everybody can do. And when people write to me for advice, I say, you may be organized. It doesn't mean you can organize somebody else. That's, that's a different, that's a whole different skill set because you don't, you have to know how to work with people to get them to divest themselves of what they don't need, don't want, aren't going to use and do it in a way that they, they take that into their DNA and can do it after you leave. And then they know they, they don't have to be involved in the process of creating the beauty. But like you, I organize everything is by type and everything within that type frame is color. It goes from white to black. So anytime I want something, it's, it can only be in one place. If it's not there, it's at the dry cleaner or it's in the wash. Um, but but I've, I've worked with people in the past year, well, not COVID year, the year before, 
um, who say to me, oh, you're so nice. I worked with somebody else and she yelled at me and was abusive. And I, I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine browbeating somebody when they've called me in for my help. So no, not everybody can be an actor, a writer, or, or an organizer. That was a little You've tangent. You've been all three though. You've been all three. I've been all three, yes. What I would say, like for me personally, what I get from organizing my space, why it's so important to me is my home and my environment and my space set the tone for my life. So if I, like, it's really important for me to have a very, um, like my workspace needs to be set out a certain way so that it actually makes me more productive. I can't sit down, I actually moved house because I had nowhere to work. Ah. Like my workspace in my home wasn't working and I moved. And I know that might seem massively extreme and maybe I could have done something with it, but it wasn't my house to do something with, if that makes sense. So um, it just made more sense to find a space and an environment that I could make more conducive to what I need to be more productive in my work, especially as my work right now is very creative. So I need to be in a space where I feel calm, where I feel free, uh, and I can just be creative and have uh, a lot of like natural light and be able to see outside. If I'm boxed in like a room, I can't, I can't handle that. Like that doesn't work for me, but I know that about myself. So it's like my workspace. I like to have a certain way. My bedroom has to have a certain feel about it. I like having, like I've talked about my closets and my drawers and things like that. And then now I've like included um, a lot of like plants. I really like that there's actually mm. nature inside my room that makes like a really big difference. Um, and for me having um, a warm, comfortable, um, organized environment helps me, uh, it gives me a sense of peace and calm. It makes me feel like fulfilled and it gives me like a sense of achievement as well. And I just have some like real Zen calm. I can just get on about my life and it makes my work life better. It makes my sleep better. It makes me enjoy sitting down to eat my food or cooking my food, like all of that. It just makes everything so much nicer. And so it's so important to me. What would be your top tips for people on how to start getting themselves organized. The first thing you have to remember is the whole of anything is overwhelming. So you could be fired up from this podcast and say, yes, I like what both of them said. I want that feeling in my home. I'm gonna go organize my closet. And then you go in and you look at your closet and you say, mm, but not today, because the whole of anything is just overwhelming. So the way to success is to break things down into chunks. So I would look in my closet because we all have closets. So it's an easy way to, um, to speak about organizing. And I would just say, my whole world is this first foot. 
I'm just going to go right here and I'm going to go item by item. Now I'll say to somebody, so do you want these items? And they'll go, uh, yeah. And I say, no, you have to stop and look at each item and make a conscious decision about it. It's not, yeah, I want all of that. No. So break your project down into small, controllable, manageable, non-overwhelming parts. Then I have what I call the magic formula. The first three years I organized people, I, I couldn't sleep the night before I saw a new client. I thought, oh my God, tomorrow. Tomorrow is the day. Somebody's going to say, organize this. And I will look at the this and I'll say, I have no idea. And after three years, I said, you know what? It's all the same. I Maybe one day I'm touching paper and the next day I'm touching clothing and the next day I'm touching tools in the garage or lotions and potions in the bathroom. But I keep going to the same process, the same three steps. So I call them the magic formula because you can use the magic formula to organize anything, even projects. What I say about Zen organizing is you go through my, my New York Times bestseller is One Year to an Organized Life. It's my favorite of all my books because of what was going on when I wrote it, not because it became a New York Times bestseller. But that is showing you how to organize everything you could possibly have in your home. That's practice. What you're really doing is changing the gears in your brain so that you automatically look at anything you have to do and say the whole of anything is overwhelming. Now let me do the magic formula. Eliminate, categorize, organize. The eliminate is, now I'm looking at this space and I'm thinking, whew, there's a lot here. I start to eliminate what doesn't have to be there. If you feel really stuck, um, you can set an alarm and do whatever, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or 20, not more than that. And just keep, just pull out what you know you don't need. If, it, if I were in your office, it would be um, um, unopened mail from charity. You know, there's nothing personal in there. They wanted money from you. You don't have money to give them right now. You don't have to save, you know, the return address labels and the little notepad or cards they sent you. You didn't ask for that. You, could, you can let that go. You don't have to save Christmas cards with pictures of your friend's children. They're just catching you up. They don't expect you to have a special album for them. Um, uh, sales and that you missed, catalogs that come every, all of this debris, just go, go through the debris. You've got to have things in your closet that you look at and go, oh man, I never wear that. A lot of times we have things in our closet that secretly shame us. I. I you still have your um, tags on some items. You bought that because you were feeling bad about yourself that day and you thought this dress that you're never gonna wear would make you feel better. But now you feel guilty that you bought that dress and that, you know what I mean? So that, so you just look, get, get the debris out first, but eliminate. Once you eliminate, it's automatically less overwhelming because now instead of this much stuff, oh, I only have this much. As you are eliminating, you're also making decisions about what stays. That's when you start making your categories. So if I'm doing a closet, that's why I don't, I don't want, I, first of all, I don't want all my anybody's clothes on the floor. Maybe what's on the bottom is what I'm mostly going to keep. And now it's going to be wrinkled. I mean, I just don't get the whole concept. Also, I'm robbing myself of workspace. 
So on my bed, now I can have all my shirts together, all this together, that together. So I see my categories. And the last step is to organize them. Well, in a closet, yes, I can, where would be the most logical place to hang each of these categories? And then each category starts with white and goes to black. It looks like an impressionist painting. It's really beautiful and it's easy to find. And then, um, and then the last thing to consider is ease of maintenance because maintenance is a part of life. My example is if you go to the dentist tomorrow and the dentist says, Sharda, I'm so happy to tell you, you don't have any cavities. That doesn't mean you never have to brush and floss again. That doesn't mean you are now frozen with a perfect mouth. That's the result of hard work and you have to keep doing it. So you have to keep up with your clothes and your files and your home. It's a living organism. You're not in a museum. So, you know, and I like to do maintenance based on um, how a person thinks. There are basically two categories of people, people like me who have a photographic memory. I can put something in a drawer and close my eyes. I can tell you what's in every drawer in my bedroom and what the position is. It's just a freaky gift I was given. If you put things away and you don't see them, then there are ways that I work with you so that you will remember. So the whole of anything is overwhelming. You eliminate what you don't need, don't want, aren't going to use. You put everything you are going to keep in categories. You organize your categories. And that's when you look at products. That's when you can go to the container store. People go to the container store first or Bed Bath & Beyond or wherever you shop. And they'll show me they bought a hundred hangers because they were sure they needed a hundred hangers. Well, after we eliminate, we find out they only need 55. So now we have new clutter. We have organization tools clutter. And almost every big home in America has a closet that I call the container store. It's got this overflow of stuff that was bought that you assumed you were going to need. You don't, you don't buy your tools until after you see what, what am I organizing? And then maintenance. Just remember that maintenance is a part of life. So if you follow those steps, you can organize anything. I've, I, I, you can't mention anything that wouldn't fall in line if you use those steps. That's so true. And maintenance is a part of life. It doesn't really matter what you're doing, whether it's, I think in any, in any kind of self-improvement, any kind of lifestyle um, changes that you're making, you can go so far, but you have to maintain it. Uh, funnily, I wrote a post about it the other day and it's that concept of, I think people, uh, it, it'll be exactly the same with your organizing stuff. Like you might go in and organize everything for everyone and it could be all right for like two weeks and then if they, you haven't got the buy-in from them and they aren't practicing what you've taught them, then the place is going to look like a hoarder's den again by the time, you know, a few weeks has passed. And it's that whole concept that I think it, this, that process takes a lot longer than what people give it credit for. Like, I think they just think like, oh, I'm, I can get someone to come in and organize everything for me and that's my life sorted. Or I can go and hire a personal trainer and they're gonna write a 12-week a program for me and that's my whole life sorted. Like, I'm gonna be fit and healthy and have abs 
and I won't have to ever think about this again. Or it yeah. might be that they've got a chronic illness, you know, and then they're like, well, I'll just go and see this doctor who's going to give me some pills and that's going to fix everything. Life just doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And what I've come to find is that you have to practice literally like consistent daily execution of all of these things that we learn and implement in our lives for like years on end, you know, that's when they become like an inherent part of who we are at our core. And then you don't have to think about them anymore. They just happen because that's who you are. Like, and you're going to be practicing maintenance anyway. So if maintenance might be, I walk in my house and I fling my keys, wherever they land is where they land. I, I put my coat on the floor. I put my clothes over there. That's your, that's your system and you're very loyal to it. So there comes a time when you have to say, am I loyal to a system that sabotages me or am I loyal to a system that nurtures and supports me? That's the choice. There isn't really more energy expenditure in being organized. It's just using your energy in a more productive way. It's the same thing. Well, That's what people don't realize. What I know is that I grew up in quite a chaotic household as a child. My house had a lot of chaos about it. And um, I don't remember either of my parents being oh, you know it's really funny actually my my mom definitely she doesn't have the organizing gene she's a free spirit she likes to just live you know she would happily walk in and throw like what but that's just like how that's her all over you know that's <laughs> and she's worked very very hard on becoming more organized and um, she, she is doing much, much better with it. My dad was a funny one because he, everything was in chaos around my dad, but then he also had these weird little OCD tendencies. Uh, there were certain things that had to be a very particular way and he, he couldn't budge on those, but everything else was just a bit of a mess. And then I think just the whole situation was a little bit chaotic and I always craved order and uh, structure. And um, I, I wanted to know where my things were. And I wanted to have that safety and security and, and stable home environment. So I believe that organizing gave me a, a way of, of creating that for myself, no matter where I was, and no matter who I was with. Like it was something that I could control myself and how I behaved. And I got to build my environment around me in a way that supported me the best. And for me, that has been a real um, blessing in my life. And it means that I always have my own nice, safe home space and I can create that anywhere I go, whether I'm traveling, whether I'm at home. Yeah whether I'm staying with friends or whatever, I get to create, I know how to create that space for myself. And I've, you know, I know that there are people out there who this comes very easily to them and very naturally, but those people are a little fewer and further between, I think. Um, but I think everybody craves that, that oh, like 
warm home environment. I think that's something that everybody wants, especially in this day and age where everything is so crazy. Everything is so uncertain. Being outside your home is crazy. You're kind of stuck inside your home a lot more than you used to be. So I think it's really important for people to be able to create that really comfortable home environment that nurtures them and helps them to feel calmer and more peaceful and um, gives them a safe space outside of the global chaos that we're kind of dealing with at the moment. I know that you've helped me with that throughout my like, maybe not even realizing it. I mean, we had the conversation about going to Ikea with my family when I was 11 <laughs> and how much fun that was. <laughs> um, but you well, you have to add that we were looking for bedroom furniture for you and your sister in a room that you shared and we were in Ikea for seven and a half hours. Yeah. It was so epic that that adventure made it to one of my books. I forget which one, but that was an epic day. I mean, first of all, you may be one of the only people who survived that like seven and a half hours with me and my sister together in our childhood, because it was rare that anyone would even be around us both together for that length of time. So well done. Uh, you definitely deserve a, a badge for that, a badge of honor for that. Um, yeah, my, my little sister and I, are couldn't be more polar opposite in everything in personality in likes dislikes um character like we are so different we are the complete opposite ends of every spectrum me and Catherine so for us to have to share a room I think like this is why we get on now because we don't have to share a room you know but like I think when we were younger that was a real um yeah, it was a real interesting experience. Um, but I mean, you were able to help us with that. And it's definitely set the tone for me in my life as far as how I, I build my um, environment around me and what's important to me. And then I've been able to, from that, get to know myself better and, and learn how to create that space. And that's a lot of what you taught me just as a kid. Um, so how can other people reach out to you and get your help? Because I think this is something that everyone needs help with right now. Oh my goodness, right now I'm, uh, well, I will tell you that, okay, the, when COVID started, uh, like everybody else, I was in shock. I mean, I, I, I was in a very busy time and all of a sudden everything stopped. And it felt incredibly dangerous just to go to Trader Joe's and buy food. Um, and, and I thought, okay, 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 I have to find the gift in this. So the gift for me was, there's nothing that I love more than working one-on-one -on -one with someone. But it'll probably, I mean, I do have exceptions. I have a client who's flying me to another state to unpack her in her new home. She's been my client for over a decade. I would go anywhere in the world with her and we will take precautions. But on a day-to-day -day basis, it's I'm not trucking in and out of people's homes right now. So I thought I am going to use COVID, this time that has been given to me, I'm gonna use it as a gift. And um, my business partner and I started taking classes online and um, I just changed October 1st, my feed on Instagram. So you can, you can come to Regina Leeds. Well, actually, if you go to reginaleeds.com, 
you can automatically find my books. You can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, or, you know. Um, but what I'm looking for right now is a tribe of people who get the deeper, richer meaning of why one gets organized. And um, I'm going to start teaching classes online and we're going to have a private Facebook group and we're just going to be together for as long as you need. If you, you come for, uh, there'll be a set number of classes that you'll own. You can access at any time. You're always welcome to come to the Facebook group and you can leave and come back and it's going to be incredibly affordable. But I would love to have um, a tribe. And uh, so go to reginaleads.com from there. You can find me on social. You can write to me uh, using email. And um, even if you don't want to uh, uh, take a class you're paying for, if you just want to follow me uh, every day on Instagram, I post a picture. I, I had 300, over 300 images and I took them off and we started fresh. So every day there's a picture that illustrates some aspect of Zen organizing and then I write about it. So it might be journal writing, aromatherapy, exercise, good food. I'm a vegan. I don't ask everybody to be a vegan. I just ask you to be conscious about what you're putting in your body. You won't get the same benefits from a Snickers bar as you will from um, a healthy omelet if that's what you're having for breakfast before you start organizing. So it's all just about being conscious and using the environment as the place you practice to wake up up here and okay. here. Amazing. So everyone can uh, catch you on reginaleads.com. Uh, they can follow you on Instagram. I did notice that you cut that right down. I was wondering where all your images had gone. So now that I know that that's what you're planning, that's amazing. Um, they can find you on Instagram and you're on as the Zen organizer. Is that right? Um, if, if you go to reginaleads.com, you can click on my social media icons and go right there. You don't have I'm, to think about I'm going to add called. all the links onto the description anyway. So everyone will okay. be able to find you on there. And then coming, thanks from starting Thanksgiving, people are going to be able to join your classes. Is that right? They will, uh, starting Thanksgiving, um, they will know about the, the first class because uh, I think it's a great holiday present. We want to give somebody a gift that, you know, they're the person who has everything. You can give them the gift of a class with me and the chance to be in this, um, the Facebook group will stay together forever. So you might leave, take your four week class, leave, and then in two years say, you know what? I have an organizing project now and I don't know what to do. And you come back and I'm, I'm yours forever for one small fee. <laughs> And we launch January. We launch the class launches January, but um, um, Thanksgiving weekend it goes on sale. Amazing. Well, Regina, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom, um, sharing it with me for my life and with people over the last hour. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. It was my privilege. So I just want to thank everyone for taking the time out of their busy lives to listen today. So please don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and share. You can leave us five-star review or a thumbs up on YouTube. What, 
If you've liked what you've heard, as it really helps us get into the ears of more listeners and change more lives. So until next time, stay strong, my friends.